0: Today, we're in a standalone sermon. We're not a part of a series, just I wanted to kind of send out Thanksgiving week with a look at the text. The Bible has a lot to say about Thanksgiving and gratitude, and I want to take just a look at that. But it's actually interesting, because even the way that I just said it is not how God sees it, sees our lives, sees our weeks, sees our seasons. Um, I just said we want to send out Thanksgiving week. Maybe this week you said, uh, oh, it's that time of the season it's the Thanksgiving season. You know, it's the, it's the holiday before Christmas. It's, maybe it's Thanksgiving week. We would say, oh, it's Thanksgiving week. It's our time of giving thanks. But the Bible actually instructs us, and when we look at text, it calls us to a lifestyle of thanksgiving. How many are with me? A lifestyle of of appreciating every blessing that we have and, and living a lifestyle of gratitude and understanding all the ways that God's hand are on our life. And so it's important for us to not just say, well, it's Thanksgiving week or it's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, we live a lifestyle in, in, in a way that, uh, that gives thanks. As a matter of fact, Paul... Uh, he gave us in Thessalonians, he's writing some churches and some, some new believers. Uh, Paul's a church planner, and so many of his writings you can relate to because he's trying to establish moves of God and works of God in different towns and regions. And so uh, he's writing to one of these churches, and, and he gives them all these big truths. He, he, he writes to them and, and, and gives us the, hey, we got to be a people who pray without ceasing. And so he's giving all these big truths, but then he gives us one truth here that we need to look at that's huge. Now you gotta remember when they would get a letter from Paul, whenever the new believers would get a letter, they would be waiting upon his writings, they would get this letter, they would open this up and they would be like, All right, what's our next step? What's the next direction? What's what's God saying to us? What's the and so when they would read something, they would go, Okay, wow, this is the instruction, let's put it into action. How many know what I'm talking about? So they get this passage, they get this letter, and, uh, and immediately they, they make life change. And I hope we would do the same thing. Paul's writing again after pray without ceasing, all these big things. Then he says this one in First Thessalonians 5.18. He says, in everything, give thanks. It's right off the top, he's saying, when it's going good, you give thanks. When you have blessings and things went your way and you got the promotion and, and things stacked up for you and, and it's easy to give thanks, that's when you give Thanks. But also when you don't get the promotion and you don't see the miracle and you don't have the prayer answered and everybody's driving you crazy and all the things aren't looking the right way. He says in everything, be a people who know how to give thanks. But here's the real bombshell. He says this, for this is the will of God for Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you know that when we live a lifestyle of Thanksgiving, when we're people who give thanks in all things, do you know that that's the will of God for our lives? to be a people of thanksgiving and gratitude and appreciation for everything that God's doing in our life, again, in all circumstances. Psalm 100, David talks about this. It says uh, that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, another form of thanksgiving. And it says, give thanks to him and praise his name. Uh, The scripture, it says, enter his gates. It means this, it means that we begin with thanksgiving. We don't give thanks after we've gotten something, after God's moved on our behalf, after he's produced what we had hoped that he had produced. I said, no, we start, we enter, we begin everything with gratitude and thanksgiving. And it's not just in a specific week. It doesn't just happen in November. It's in all things at all times we enter. We start with lifestyle of thanksgiving. It's important uh, that we live that way. Paul, again, uh, gives us a, a pretty amazing example. We see Paul uh, is now in jail. I'm going to read you another letter. Paul's found himself in jail. Most scholars believe that he was placed in a cave-type Uh, It would have had windows. It would have had some type of uh, ability to see and hear outside, but he would have been restrained. We know the Bible tells us that he would have been in chains, maybe shackled, but he's in this place where most scholars believe the way that they would have executed their prisoners would have been to throw them off the cliff. Some scholars believe that the landing point, (laughs) gruesome, right? (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, the, The landing point would have been somewhere near Paul would have heard the landing point of these prisoners executed, thrown off this hill, he would have heard this. He's now sitting in jail, arrested for his belief and his advancement of the gospel. He's sitting in jail writing this letter. And, and the purpose, in the, the point of his letter is to tell Christians, one, what a joy it is to be a follower of Christ. Found himself in jail, but he's writing about what a joy it is to be a Christ follower. Number two is that he wants them to understand that they can be content in all things at all times. It's the purpose of this letter as he's sitting in jail, possibly awaiting his execution. And he's saying, Hey, I want you to know something. Following God is so joy filled and you can be content in all circumstances. Let's read how he says it here. Philippians four, it says, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice now rejoice here. The meaning of it is this. It's pretty simple. It means to be a people who have the ability to rejoice. When you've lost joy, when circumstances has taken your ability to be joyful and walk with gratitude and thanksgiving and to be zealous about all the things that you have in your life, when you've lost that ability, Paul's saying, you've got to be a person who can learn how to rejoy, reignite that joy in your life. Again, he's doing this from jail. He says this, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. You want to know what ungratefulness is? Ungratefulness is a form of anxiousness. I don't have what I want. Oh, I don't like how these things are going. I don't appreciate God's hand on my life right now. I don't like the way that things are going. It's a form of anxiousness, this ungratefulness. I really wish it was like this over here and not like this. And Paul's saying, do not be anxious. Could say it this way this morning. Do not be ungrateful. Don't let yourself be anxious about anything. He said, but in every situation... Well, he's making it really clear about every situation, isn't he? When you don't get what you want, when the prayer isn't in. So again, when things aren't going your way, those are still times that we can be grateful. Are you with me? Yeah. It says, but by prayer and petition, and then it says with what? With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what we know about these passages. We know this. You can write it down in your notes. Thankfulness has nothing to do with your circumstances. You should never be, oh, because of this circumstance, I can now walk in thanksgiving. Instead, you can say, I walk in thanksgiving despite my circumstances we got a lot to be grateful for as Americans. We have a a, a lot of things that we can um, be proud of and and a lot of things that we're blessed to be able to walk in. But if we're not careful, this culture that we live in, this rat race, this hustle, this grind, this, oh, I'm going to achieve and I'm going to do more and I'm going to be better, what that's going to do is that's going to begin to set into all of us this ungrateful, no, I want more. Oh, well, they got this and they got that. And I need to climb the ladder and I need to get this and I need to do more. And I need to keep up with the Joneses. And that causes you to be ungrateful about everything the Lord has already done. Amen. Amen. Jesus in Isaiah 61, I mean, you know, he comes into the temple. He begins to read the scroll and he proclaims the things of the Messiah. And one of the things that he says is he says that as the Messiah is present in our life, as, as he's the king of kings and Lord of lords in our life, it says this, that he will replace uh, a spirit of heaviness with a garment of praise. Yeah, it's good. Praise is thanksgiving. It's, yeah. it's honor. It's showing uh, gratitude for who God is and who he is in our life. And I believe in this hour, as the scripture says, that there's uh, going to be in the last days such a time of seducing spirits and, and trickery mindsets, if you will. I believe one of those is, is this attack on our gratitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our attack on appreciating all that the Lord has done in our lives. Amen so we got we to gotta give up this heaviness. We got to put on that spirit, that garment of praise and thanksgiving. They did research on uh, social media. Uh, they did a, a worldwide, uh, every country, everybody, of course, who can participate in social media. They did a study of the tone of every country that participates uh, on social media. And they found, although America is the most blessed nation by far, we have more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine even though we have so much blessing and, and prosperity in our country and things that we have access to, uh, they found that, the, uh, that Americans were the most negative and dissatisfied social media posters of, all world, of everyone in the world. All the blessing that we have, all that we have going for us, all the things that are happening, they found that 73% of social media posts in America are either negative or dissatisfied posts. Which is weird. I've never gone on social media and found a negative. <laughs> but think about that. People run to their social media to complain, to be negative, to, to share their outrage. We just we just feel like of all that we have going on, I need to have a platform that I can go and air my dissatisfaction and my ungratefulness. Are you with me today? Yeah. Maybe even this week, we just took for granted of all of the blessing that we have in our life all of the great opportunity. Maybe we let that hustle, that grind, all of the different things that go with being an American, maybe we let that steal out the, the blessing and, and, and the gratitude that we should be walking in. Uh, we have so much blessing in America. Think about it, for some of you this week, you might have had this conversation. You might have been leaving a party and someone said, hey, can I send you home with some food? And you said, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And then the person would have said, no, please, you have to take some. There's no way that we could eat it all. We have so much food that we literally uttered the words, there's no way we could possibly eat it all while others in all over the world are starving. Maybe it was you this week who said, when someone came out and said, hey, who's ready for dessert? Are you ready for the dessert? And you said, oh gosh, not not right now, because I ate way too much. Because as Americans, we have the opportunity to eat way too much. Actually, most people did that twice. You did that on this side of the family and then went and did it on that side of the family. And the truth is, you prefer one over the other. You got your favorite. You held back on this one because you knew that one was coming. But you might have said, <laughs> you might have said, uh, there was some confession going on. That's good. That's healthy. Uh, you might have said something like this. You might have lost gratitude this week You might have lost appreciation for the blessing of all that you have because you literally got contentious about, oh, really? They're going to do ham on Thanksgiving? And you grumbled because you had ham. Oh, they're going to fry the turkey. It needs to be oven turkey. Oh, they're going to smoke it. What kind of crazy world are we living in? (laughs) Oh, we're not going there. You know how they make their mashed potatoes? Which, by the way, just for the rule, (laughs) because the second service and I can carry on for a little bit. If you go to any holiday meal, and someone tries to serve you a roll, anything out of a bag, that is not, if, if, if you love God, it needs to be hot and out of an oven biscuit. <laughs> if it doesn't melt butter, you tell that person, get behind you, Satan. <laughs> if it came out of a plastic bag, it came from hell. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it needs to come out hot, butter needs to melt on it, or that's no roll. I feel better. This confession was good for some of us, I think, here. So. But think about the gratitude and the attitude that we lost over stupid things this week. But you still had the privilege of having access to all of those kind of meals, all of those kind of things. Even today, you might leave today, this service, and drive around Holland and say to each other, Hey, where do you want to go to eat today? What should we get? I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? And you'll get in your car and you'll drive around with the privilege of eating at all of these different places. And you'll say, there's just nothing to eat. You have access to any of these kind of things. Uh, A a crazy statistic just changed this year. Uh, It used to be in the single digits. It used to be that 9% of the world, only 9% of the world owns their own car, has their own car. This just changed to 10% this year. But think about this, categorically and statistically, If your household has a car, you are in the top 10% of the world. If you have two cars in your home, if a husband and a wife each have a car, if you have two cars in your home, you literally should have MTV Cribs come film your lifestyle because you are so lavish. Think about this. Not only do you have cars, and that puts you in the top 10% of the world, most of us, our cars have their own homes called the garage, called the garage, That's how blessed we are as a country, as an American, because we have these opportunities. Another thing that you will do is you will lose your gratitude and your blessing and your good attitude sometime during this winter because you and your spouse are going to fight over the opportunity to control the weather inside your home called the temperature, the thermostat. We're so blessed as Americans that we literally live inside a home that we can control the weather. With the dial inside our home yet there are other people in the world that their livelihood is dependent on the weather livestock and different things could be happening to them yet we've lost we're the most negative country on social media yet we have all this blessing another thing that might happen to you today is the lions played on thursday and so therefore they don't play today and so you're going to go home and you're not going to know what to do with yourself you're going to browse through your hundreds of channels with uh, billions of dollars worth of entertainment in front of you. And you're going to turn to each other and say, there's just nothing on. Maybe it's Netflix or whatever. I'm not going to say which gender made this mistake today. But you might have gone to your closet today and ran your hand across all your different clothes and said, I just have nothing to wear. whole closet full of clothes and you have nothing to I could put you on a plane and bring you to a country where they truly have nothing to wear. We're so blessed, church. Can I get an amen today? We're so blessed with all of the things that we have. We have to make sure we keep a mindset of gratitude and thanksgiving. The scripture says that it's the Lord's will that we live with gratitude. Psalm 103, again, David, he says this. He says uh, in Psalm 103, 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. What is this? This is a cry and a desire of a lifestyle of thanksgiving. He's saying, soul, I don't care what happens today. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't know care what circumstances or what things I'm facing. Soul, today we're going to bless the Lord and we're not going to forget his hand on our life. Can I get Amen. I don't care what we see and what doesn't measure up. I'm going to be a person who keeps my eyes on the blessing of the Lord. One of my favorite stories I'm about to read to you is the feeding of the multitude. Jesus always teaches inside a teaching, inside a teaching. He's got all these little Easter egg teachings in there that you can always pull out of all of these things. And so one of the really good ones is right here. And it's it's a story. It's a passage of of giving thanks trusting God in our circumstances and how gratitude brings about multiplication. Let's look at the feeding of the multitude. John chapter 6 says this. says, when Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Just to set the scene, if you're not familiar with the story, the scripture says there's 5,000 people listening to Jesus teach. Uh, The story says that the 5,000 were just men. There was also women and children there. Um, again, scholars believe it was closer to 15,000 people. So basically the amount of the Van Andel arena are all sitting around Jesus and they all need food. They're all like, Hey, it's time for a meal." So the disciples come and they say, Hey, uh, what should we do about this? Scripture says, Jesus already had something in mind. Philip answered him. It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite, just one bite. So his thought was, we don't have what we need. His first perception of this circumstance is, we don't have what we need. Then verse eight says, another disciple of his, Simon, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? The first one says, we don't have what we need. The second one says, all we have is this. First one says, we don't have what we need. The other one says, all we have is this. Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish we saw three things here. One was we don't have what we need. Another mindset was all we have is this. And Jesus' mindset was let's give thanks for what we have and trust God to do the miraculous. That's gratitude. Hey God, this is is all we have. Give me what we have and I'm going to be grateful for it and watch God do multiplication. Scripture goes on in verse 12. It says this, when they had all had enough to eat, He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So there's leftovers. One says we don't have what we need. The other one says there's not enough. And the other one says if we give thanks with what we got, God will do the miraculous gratitude produces the miraculous. Can I get an amen? Amen. We cannot be the people who say, I'll be thankful when I finally get what I need. We cannot be the people who say, oh, I'll be thankful when the miracle finally happens. We've got to be the people who trust God with what we got. Can I get an amen today? We can't be ungrateful for the small because when we're ungrateful for the small, it means we're counting out God. Thankfulness helps us see what we have. The scripture says, and you hear me say it all the time, we're called to number our days and spend them accordingly. That's what thankfulness helps us do. We sit down and we look at everything. So God, I appreciate and I'm thankful and I see your hand in my life. And I'm like, David, I'm going to say, Lord, bless the, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. I'm going to give thanksgiving for all of these things, but it helps us see the goodness of God in our lives. I thought about it like this. God puts things in our lives that are easily overlooked unless we're thankful of all these little seasons in our life. It was just this little thing. We had a few fish and a few things. We had these little things, but when they gave thanks for it, it became the miraculous. The enemy loves to whisper to you, oh, serving in church, that's just a little thing. That's not going to make a difference. Oh, you serve at your church? That's just a little thing. But with gratitude, if we come in and we serve and we say, God, I know that I'm making a difference. I'm contributing in faithfulness, and you're going to make a difference in my community. Or the enemy whispers to you, oh, you, you, you pay a tithe? You give 10% of your income? That's just, a, that's just a little bit. That's just a little thing. What difference is that going to make? But when we come in and say, God, I'm so grateful that I get to give and sow into your kingdom. God gets to do the miraculous. Amen. Or your prayer life. Oh, Lord, I, I only prayed five. The enemy says, oh, you only prayed five minutes today. You only prayed on your way to work today. That's all you did. And God says, oh, hey, but you prayed with thanksgiving and you prayed with gratitude and you gave me your best. And that little thing I can multiply. Are you with me? Don't let the enemy discredit and discount the little things that we are doing with thanksgiving. Can I get amen today? I'll close with this. Gratitude is really a sign of maturity. Learning to appreciate what you have. And the blessing that's in your life is actually a sign of maturity. Uh, our kids and your kids uh, are always asking for more. Can I get an amen? <laughs> they always asking for more. Uh, the girls heard we were going to Chicago, and the American Girl doll store is there. And our girls have American Girl Dolls already. And they said, Dan, when you go to Chicago, get me another American Girl. And they get out their Girl Doll bar, and they're circling, and they say, go get this one. And I said, okay, you want another one? And I did like a good dad would do. I said, why don't you play with your other one? Because they never play with it. Just sitting over here in the closet doing this thing. And I'm always secretly thinking, you know, I could go in there and take that and put it on Marketplace and make a couple hundred bucks. I would would never do that. I just do that to adjust the stuff. (laughs) But my son does the same thing. He loves to see how things work and, oh, I want to see what that's about. And so his Nintendo Switch, i will say, Dad. Dad, can you buy me this game? I want to see this game. I want to see this game. And I'll say, well, your other game, bud, I just bought you a game. Did you finish that game? No. Well, how much more do you have to go on that game? And he looks it up and it says, you've progressed in this game 20%. I'm like, bud, you keep asking for more. You haven't appreciated 80% of that game yet. We do the same thing to the Lord. God, I want more. God bless me more. God bless me more. And he's like, hold on. You got a lot more Thanksgiving to give. And what I've already given you yeah. over here. God wants to pour out more and he wants to do more. But I think that there's a stewardship that's got to come from our heart of an appreciation and a gratefulness for all that the Lord has done. Okay? Amen. Yeah. So it's important for us to be a people who, who walk in gratitude. We must be a people who always focus on what God is doing, not what he isn't doing. That's Thanksgiving. Oh, I wish God would do this. I wish you would move like this. But a grateful and a thankful heart goes, oh God, I see how you're moving. I see what you're doing and I trust you and I'm grateful in it. God has never stopped being good. Maybe we've just stopped being grateful. The reality is much of what we're complaining or stressed about is what someone in the world is praying and dreaming of. Much of what you have in your life that one day you were praying and just dreaming and wishing. Oh, I just... Wish one day I could get married to Mr. Dream, and now you got Mr. Dream. Every day you wake up, and there's Dreamy over there, right there. Oh, I just wish we could get this kind of house, if we just got this kind of, if we just had kids, if we just... And you prayed and you dreamed, and now you have it. And, and if you're not careful, this culture is going to program you and teach you to 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 resent it and be ungrateful for it. I'm here with me. I thought about it like this. Oh, we got all the cleaning to do. This house is, I'm stressed. Our house is a mess and it's a disaster. But you have a house. Yeah. You have a house. Oh, but this car, it keeps breaking down and it gives me all these problems. And my neighbor over there just got one that heats steering wheels and seats. Oh, but you got a car that you get to complain about it breaking down. You have a car. Oh, these kids, they make a mess of this house. Look at all these toys and they never pick up their toys and they never hang up their clothes. Yeah, but you have kids. And they have toys and they have clothes to not hang up. Oh, but they never eat their meals. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And I got to get them to eat their, yeah, but guess what? They have food on a plate that you get to fight about them eating. We're blessed. Oh boy, here comes December. All the holiday parties and all the things that we got to go to and our schedule's about to get so crazy. Oh, here they come. I'm already so stressed about all the things we get to go to because you're spoiled to be an American and go to all these parties and enjoy friends. Are you with me? No, but if we have people over, then we got to clean the house and do the dishes and then all the cleanup. Yeah. And you have friends and family who get to come and share a meal with you and you have dishes to clean. Are you with me today? We got to remember our perspective. Much of what we have now is something that you dreamed about and prayed for and others are dreaming and praying and desiring for. We need to be grateful for it my concern, and my last thought here, my concern is if we're not careful in this culture where the family dynamic is being destroyed. The family dynamic. God made men head of households, and women are at their side working together to build a beautiful environment where kids can be raised up in the things of God, and we value them. We don't tolerate kids. We raise them up in righteousness. Are you with me? But the hustle and the grind and the pace of it all, if we're not careful, we'll grow to resent it and be upset because we'd rather hustle and grind and grow somewhere else. It's a conviction that I have. It's a conviction that many people in first service shared with me that they have as well. But we're always chasing. We're always trying to get the next thing. And we're not grateful for what we currently have in our our lives and in our homes. You guys know Callie, my daughter. She's four. She's our party. Uh, she's always just crazy and fun, and she loves her dad <laughs> and uh, a lot, and she's always trying to spend time with dad all the time. I'm talking about the little girl that, like, sits outside the door waiting for me to get out of the shower. Like, she's the, like, I'll find you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so we were watching Bluey. Uh, Jess was away, and so I got up with the kids, and I was making them breakfast, and it's kind of a fun thing that we do, and there's a show on Disney called Bluey. It's hilarious if you don't watch it. Disney doesn't make it. Another company does, but um, it's on the Disney Plus network. And it's hilarious. It's great for even grown-ups. grownups. Uh, I mean, I don't even care if you don't have kids. Just start watching Bluey. It's hilarious. It's this cartoon. Well, they taught Callie this joke. And so I'm busy. I got breakfast going. I'm cleaning up the house. I got all these other things going. And <coughs> they taught her this joke. And uh, it's a joke you've all heard before. But now she's trying it out on me. She comes up to me. She's like, Dad, all smirking. Dad. I'm like, what, well, honey? She's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Josh. She's like, OK. What's this? I'm like, a nose. I know the joke. What am I holding? And I'm like, nothing. Dad knows nothing. <laughs> and I chase her, like, I'm going to get you, you know? First time, it's fun. Second time, she comes over to me. What's your name? And I'm trying to straighten the house and do all the things. Answer phone calls. you all the time. Dad, what's your name? Okay, Josh. Same thing. Go through the whole day. Dad, Dad knows nothing. Nah, and I chase her and I tackle her and I throw her on the bed and we're laughing and we're having a good time. And as any parent would know, again, she's just desiring my time. <laughs> but come the hundredth time, <laughs> Dad, I'm like, yes, dear. <laughs> what's your name? Oh, again, I found myself literally like annoyed and irritated. with my daughter, because she wanted to play. She wanted to be with her dad. And it was the rat race of life. It was all the other things. I was ungrateful for this blessing that we prayed for and dreamed of and desired. I, 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 was, I was finding myself irritated. And, and I get it, parents. I get it. Like, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to shame you. Same thing happened again even yesterday. Uh, my son was creating a football player on his video game, so he's yelling from nude. one room, Dad, come see the guy he created. And then uh, a refrigerator drawer, like one of our drawers, froze. It had ice buildup. So I'm trying to thaw that out and get that to work again. Callie, again, the fun one, uh, who just wants all of Dad's attention, was painting a little Christmas tree ornament. She had three different colors. And to get my attention, she would take like a dip of paint and do like one on the tree And then she would say, Dad, what color should I do next? And she would wash it, do another little dip. Dad, what color should I do next? And I'm thinking, like, the whole thing should be painted already. (laughs) she wanted all of Dad's attention. We're sitting here trying to do all this kind of stuff. But the rat race of life is trying to get you to be annoyed with all of that. I don't want to see your character. I don't care right now. I'm trying to fix the refrigerator so I don't got to sleep on the couch. And, you know, like, (laughs) I don't care about your little Christmas tree ornament. Just paint it whatever you want. I don't even care. ah. Because we're so worried about the promotion and getting to the gym and making sure that we keep up with this and go to this kind of stuff. And we lose our gratitude for the blessings that are overwhelming Amen. us. Are you with me? Amen. So we got to be. And I know, I know, I know that that stuff gets overwhelming. I know kids literally in between services, my little party. I know I'm taking a lot of time, but I go up. Uh, I'm old now, so I got to go up in between services. It takes a lot of energy to do this so I got to go up in between uh, services and go to my desk and have a granola bar and take some ginkgo biloba and some things like that to stay for it. No one even knows what that name is. the only one. <laughs> I got to take my vitamins and Bengay the knees and everything so I can go do se- second service. But Callie was up there in between service, my little four-year-old. And she put a teddy bear in my office. She put this teddy bear in my office. But it was all a setup for my attention because here I come into my office and she knows that I do that between service. She says, Dad... Is there a bear in your office? And I'm like, yeah, I saw that bear. I didn't even know bears walk. How do you do that? She says, attention, attention. I literally picked her up like this, walked her into Vanessa's office, like, love you, honey, like chased off to my other. I get it. The kids can be all up in your business. But that's a blessing. Vanessa and I talk about this. We were talking about this. week. Jess and I talk about this all the time. Parents. This isn't a parent sermon, but it's just good for all of us, grandparents, everything. Listen, there's going to come a day, not because the kid's going to pass away or anything, but there's going to come a day where your kid gets to the age where one of the times they say, hey, dad, will you play with me? Hey, mom, will you play with me? That will actually be the last time they ever say it. There will come a day where when they say, dad, mom, pick me up. That might be the last time they say that because they grow old and they grow on. It's a blessing. I know it can feel like a lot, but these are blessings. These are things we prayed for and dreamed about. And so we got to steward our lives in a way that we're constantly in thanksgiving for it. Amen. The scripture says it's the will of God for our lives that we live in this gratitude. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for today and this word. Lord, we ask that you help us live it. Lord, help us activate it and be it. Lord, we want to do it for your glory and not our own. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.